Good morning. You're listening to the Mac. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and that's the This Week in Football with Mac, Jack, and Jim Jeffcoat. Uh, welcome to This Week in Football. Uh, it should be This Week in Sports. I'll have somebody take that down and put it up. The correct uh, banner we should have up there. It's always a, it's always fun uh, being, being the host of this show because the producer, which is myself, often makes a lot of mistakes, so. I'll be changing that as we go along, folks. But welcome to this week in sports. As I said, with me, Jack Hirsch, and Jim Jeff. Go, Jack is a Hall of Fame boxing writer, but on our shows, he serves a lot as our sports guru because of his knowledge of the sports that we go over. And of course, the legend, Jim Jeffco, two time Super Bowl champion of the Dallas Cowboys, should be in the Hall of Fame, as we discussed before. Um, you know, not only does he know football, folks, but he knows a lot about basketball and other sports because he's just an all-around uh, knowledgeable guy, too. So, guys, welcome to the show. Glad you could make it. How are things going, Jim? Going good, going good. I'm down in Mexico working with some young kids on um, football. Uh, American football is very popular here. I didn't realize it until I got here. And a lot of kids, uh, big turnout. Over 300 kids. Um, yeah, last uh, Yesterday, we had over 400. We're expecting wow. over 300 today. That's how awesome. big are they, Jim, size-wise? Bigger than you think, West. Jack. I knew you were going to ask that question. There's some. There's one kid who's 17 years old. He's 6'6", 285 pounds, and he's oh, got offered scholarships in the United States already. And there are quite a few as um, around that are big, athletic kids. You'd be shocked. All right. So – so, you know, I, you know, we're getting the sports, but I like to ease our way into it. There's a lot of personal stuff we like. Sometimes we like to share, sometimes we don't like to share. But as you know, Jim, Jack gets out in tangents, right? He'll, we'll start talking about something, and he'll end up somewhere totally different than we started from. <laughs> and yesterday he brought up nicknames, and he told a story about a, a teacher that they used to call Baldy, and the teacher used to get all upset. So, um you know, Jack, of course, said if he just didn't pay attention to it, it probably the kids would have stopped making fun of him. So Jack has a nickname. Jack, do you mind if I say what your nickname was? Okay, I mean, so. go ahead. I don't care. I mean. Okay, so they used to call Jack, Jim. They used to call him Hershey Bar. So, <laughs> so Hershey Bar was Jack's nickname. Uh, <laughs> I used to hear it all the time. Hershey oh, Bar was popular when I was a kid. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, I could see Jim being a school teacher now, coming into the classroom. <clears throat> Jim would command respect, and the kids would go, hey, baldy to Jim, and Jim would have a fit. No, Jim I wouldn't. Would have I'll a start fit. laughing. You know how but, I would handle it. I would but, handle it. I would put on an act like I had a fit. I'd say to the kids, you're going to the dean now. You address me with respect. You call me Mr. Baldy. That's what I would say. But first of all, Jack, nicknames are not as big as in the past because you had a lot of nicknames in the past in sports. So those things um, 
or ch is change. When you, like you said, you had the name Hershey Bar and you just accepted it. When somebody <laughs> said, hey, hey, Hershey Bar, you knew it was you. Right. <laughs> well, well, Jim, you get on Russell Westbrook. He claims he never called him Ru Russell Westbrook. But <laughs> Russell Westbrook loses it with the fans over that. That's so, a Jim, little bit did, different. Jim, did you, have a, did you have a nickname when you were growing yes. up? Yes. Father, uh, when Father. I was growing up, yeah, uh, uh, just overcoat, but um, just Over. uh, yeah, but Father Time in the NFL. Okay, Father Time. That's because you were old and you were still playing. I would imagine. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's what the younger guy. Bags, how but you I doing this morning? Randy White, who's the master, and Ed Too Tall Jones, and guys like that. You're right. Pags, Jim doesn't want to talk to you, I guess. So we're gonna, I'll keep trying, though. So, Pags, did you have a nickname growing up? This is the Philly sports guy, folks. Uh, comes in every every Sunday with us on, on this week's sports guy. What was your nickname if you had one, Pags? Uh, Hammer. Hammer. All right. So you had one of those masculine names, not like Hershey Bar. You had a masculine name. Um, uh, was well, they said I kind of looked like a hammerhead shark, <laughs> so they just didn't want to call me hammerhead shark because they thought that was too long, so it just came hammer. All right. Okay. So that's that's really cool. So I, I'll tell you my nicknames. I had two. Uh, one was Mac Daddy. I mean, that's one of the, the names I had. And uh, <laughs> the females, the females, which Linda doesn't like too much, they, they used to call me Macalicious. So those were my two nicknames. Yeah, yeah, Mac, I get the feeling if this I, was our best stuff to start to this should be filling stuff when we're at the end of the line, maybe. But come on. I just can't. Well, Jack, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that there wasn't many people that called you Mac Daddy or Macalicious. Well, you, 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 you lose money on that bet. But Jack, you know, you're the one you're the one that started it all yesterday. So don't come back the next day. Saying I that used we should as a fill-in when we were out of, when our gas tank was empty. We had nothing to talk about. It was we had bags, 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 tell bags, tell the truth. What happened yesterday? We were talking about serious sports stuff, and Jack took us to nicknames and other places. I didn't even know what the heck he was talking about. You're Isn't just mad at me because I gave it to you about the Aaron Judge contract when you said the Yankees should just get rid of him a year ago. Oh, here we go. Back to Aaron Judge. So, folks, let, let's get into it a little bit. Of course, a lot of NFL news, a lot of players, uh, free agents, contracts to talk about. I guess the biggest one to talk about is Lamar Jackson. What is Lamar Jackson going to do? It looks like he's staying, um, you know, because he helped the offensive coordinator uh, come aboard uh, there. He had, right, he had something to say about it. But yet they still haven't signed him yet, um, and there's still rumors that he might be going somewhere. So let's start – Let's start with Jim. Jim, um, you know, I don't know if you you ever came up on free agency or not in your career, uh, but I would think that you would want the team to come to you and talk to you and make a deal with you before, you know, they even asked your help for, for hiring anybody. Um, I did at the um, end of my career. That's when I experienced free agency. It basically started closer to the end of my career. But um, – it's interesting, but he is the quarterback, and they have to, and they say he's going to be their quarterback. So they got to find a scheme that makes him as effective as possible. And and if he and if he doesn't go there, Jack, where do you think Lamar Jackson ends up uh, going? 
Well, I think quarterbacks, the high-profile players, especially like Lamar Jackson, they have an idea in the offseason what the demand for them is going to be. They have a good feel for it. And if Lamar Jackson sees that teams aren't chasing him, at least one team with complete intensity, they're not quite willing to give him the big money that he's seeking, players like that tend to back off a little bit. And all of a sudden, they, they try to work things out with their current team. That's what you may be seeing with Lamar Jackson. If he knew, for example, the Jets were going to pay him whatever he wanted, you wouldn't be hearing him talking nice about the Ravens at all. He'd be focused on where, you know, where the money was. So I think that might be a case. Because with all this quarterback talk, guys, what are we hearing about? Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. How much Lamar Jackson talk are we actually hearing this offseason? And they got a little bit of an issue because what is the uh, franchise for the quarterbacks this year is going to be something in the range of $40 million. Yeah. So they got yeah. a serious issue there. They sure do. Well, they could franchise for the teams that are handicapped, guys. If you franchise a Lamar Jackson for one year, all the Ravens that do is putting things off a year. Because exactly. if he's your guy and you keep putting one-year franchise tags on him, the total money is going to be more than what you would pay him long term. Good morning, Rick. Glad to have you aboard. I guess nicknames are going away because of the sensitivity of today's world. That's pretty Pretty accurate. Lamar Thunderbolt Jackson. That's a nickname I'll give him. <laughs> See, there goes Jack with the, the nicknames again. Pags, um, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of free agents out there. Derek Carr is probably the second uh, name most talked about. What do you think he ends up? New Orleans. Okay. All right. I think that's the best fit for him, to be honest. Uh, I feel that, uh, you know, I think that he would get along well with Taysom Hill. Uh, I think he would fit into what they've got going on. So I think that's where he winds up. There's been a lot of talk about uh, uh, the Saints or the Jets. Uh, Jim, you think with a young team, an old veteran quarterback like a Derek Carr, I mean, they got some, they got some, they got a great defense which, you know, the Raiders haven't had a great defense in a while. They got a decent running game, and they got some good young wide receivers there um, in, in in New York. Do you think Derek Carr would be better in New York or in New Orleans? I think he's looking at it from the issues that in New Orleans, you got some issues. Kamara, with the, he just was indicted. Michael Thomas, the problems he has. But just like you said, the Jets are a young team. Now he's got to deal with the New York media which is going to be difficult for him. He thinks he's never faced anything like that. So I like to um, see him go to New York instead of uh, New Orleans because they're, they got a chance. They got a better chance than New Orleans at this point. They got some issues on. Um, well, they have Chris Olive, a really good receiver, the Saints. Yeah. Speaking of the Saints, you, I, a team could do well to take a flyer on Jameis Winston. Because Jamie and Winston, if you eliminate his pick sixes when he played at Tampa Bay, he was a good quarterback, actually. Okay, and he could be next year's version of a Geno Smith who could revive his career. Yeah, but where at? Well, why not the Jets? If the Jets are committed to developing Zach Wilson and 
I don't think they really are. But if they are the way they say they're going to develop Zach Wilson eventually to start, bring in Jameis Winston now. Wow. I, I don't know about that one, Jack. <laughs> I don't know either. Well, you know, if you're getting a Derek Carr, you're committing to Derek Carr. You're not getting Derek Carr for one or two years. The plan would be he'd be your quarterback going forward. And to me, that's not a good fit. Same with Aaron Rodgers. He wouldn't be a long-term solution. But do yeah, you think Carr is, what, 31, 32 years old, right? And these quarterbacks are playing the 40. Yeah, but Derek Carr's not that good. I mean, if you look at his overall record, he's never he never won a playoff game in all his years with the Raiders. There's a reason the Raiders cut him. Everyone is missing the point. He'll give a team a little bit of a bump in the beginning, but he's not much better than, let's say, a Mitch Trubisky. You have a number of guys around the league like David Carr. They just weren't given the opportunity to play as much as David Carr, but they're just as good as him. You could pick those guys up as a stopgap. You get a David Carr, you're making a big financial commitment to him. And you're making a com a long term commitment, and well, that's the point that's being missed. Let me let me first uh, ask Jim about what Rick is talking about. Then I'll make a point. I've been waiting several weeks to ask Jim: Did Jackson quit on his team, or was he injured at the end of the season? What do you think, Jim? I think he was injured, and everybody's going to criticize the kid. But if he feels he can't play, I can. I mean, what can he do? I mean, if he feels he's not going to be in his game, is what? A mobile quarterback run. And just like I always said, what happened to RG3? What if that happened to him? I mean, those things. And he's got to take care of his body because that's how he makes his money. We can agree or disagree, but that's his judgment call. That's a judgment call on him. And if he didn't feel right, I can't argue with the kid. Well, you know, Jack brought up Jack brought up Derek Carr hasn't won a playoff game. I don't think that's all on Derek Carr. I think, Me too. I think that's something to do with the team too. Yep. And and you know, how many how many playoff games has Dak Prescott won? I mean, you know, to me again, Dak won a couple. He's won two. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm just saying, Jack. He's been there. I I think he's been been there as long as Derek Carr, if not longer. And he's only won two. So can, I mean, can you just say a word about uh, Lamar Jackson with the injury thing? If he feels he's hurt, genuinely hurt, he shouldn't put himself at risk in play. Because you look at the case of two other high-profile quarterbacks, RG3 and Cam Newton. It was awful what went on with them, the beatings they were allowed to take that basically shortened their career. They shouldn't no have been question. playing as much as they were, but they were thrown out there when they shouldn't have been. No doubt. No doubt. So the the next the next quarterback I want to talk about is Daniel Jones. Uh, they're talking that he's going to going to uh, he's his market value will be around thirty five million a year. Um, and I know Pags loves Daniel Jones. So I want to talk to him about Daniel Jones for a minute. I mean, he did a lot for the team last year. No receivers, really. Saquon Barkley was really his only. A weapon he could throw to. Um, he's tough, running with the ball. Um, he's a leader. Um, does he stay with the Giants? And is that is that salary worth what he what he should make? Um, Pat. Uh, I don't know. The Giants want to keep him. I think uh, you know. I, I wouldn't mind them staying with the Giants because I don't think he's that great of a quarterback. 
Uh, I don't think he's worth the $35 million, but uh, I feel that if the Giants want to pay him, I am all for it. Okay, all right. So so do you do you agree with that, Jim? Do you think that, that Daniel Jones is not that good of a quarterback and that, you know, the Giants – I think he's have- better than people gave him credit for. I think he got better this year. He came into a scheme with the ball that helped his um, – and you got to remember, just like you said, he didn't have any receivers. He had a Saquon Barkley, and I thought he competed well, and he's a intelligent kid, and he's going to get better. Now, will he be a Super Bowl coach? That's hard to do. I mean, how many uh, guys get there that far? But I think he's an adequate quarterback. You'd rather have him than a lot of these quarterbacks around the league. Jim, Jim, but doesn't a quarterback, shouldn't his job be to develop a wide receiver himself build up rapport, improve the performance of a wide receiver. He had Kadarius Tony of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. It's fine with Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes develops these guys. Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill. He revised Juju But Schuster. how many Patrick Mahomes Juju are there in the league? But what has Daniel Jones done for these guys? That's why he takes off running all the time, Daniel Jones, because he's, you know, not poised in the pocket. I mean, he's fine. I think the Giants should have him as their quarterback going forward at a reasonable price. But But how many many Patrick Mahomes are there? How many true franchise quarterbacks? There's not very many. Let me put it it another way with Daniel Jones, guys. Four years in the league. After he was in the league for three years – the Giants wouldn't commit to him. That's called body of work. Yeah, but they had a, how much turnover did they have in their coaching staff? They had no continuity in their coaching staff. A lot of teams have turnover and guys perform. Peyton Manning went to four Super Bowls with four different coaches. I mean, what if he didn't? Yeah, what the guy be saying, Peyton Manning's a Hall of Famer. Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. You're talking about Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Well, Daniel Jones probably not. Okay, let me go. Uh, Josh Allen, he had a good year this year. Okay, he still performed at a high level. And Brian DeBall was his offensive coordinator year before and then left to become the giant head coach. But he didn't really miss a beat. Yeah, but Ken Dorsey was also there with him when uh, DeBall was. So they kept some continuity. So because of that, if Jalen Hurts... Packs his performance drops this year. Is it going to be because he has a new offensive coordinator? Jalen Hurts is going to be expected to continue to perform on the same level, right? You can't have an excuse, I think, as well. Yeah, I have a new coordinator this year. I got to get used to him. Uh, I agree. I think that he uh, he doesn't have that room for error. When you've gone to the Super Bowl the next year, sometimes you have a you have a drop off, you know, where you have like that Super Bowl hangover. But you have to you have to be able to perform and get back to that you know that spot. That's at least you know next year the expectation is to win the Super Bowl. That you got there, now you got to win it. You know, so that's and that's a natural expectation. You you're supposed to always step forward. So. Uh, the fact that he lost his offensive coordinator shouldn't play that big of a deal because I always thought the offensive coordinator was uh, Nick Sirianni, you know, and that's why they kept the, that's why they 
uh, elevated their quarterbacks coach, who they brought in specifically for Hertz to the offensive coordinator. You know, you know next year, if they were to lose the offensive coordinator, and it was, you know, at, at that point, like if we were to get to the Super Bowl and we lose our offensive coordinator again, at that point, I'd maybe say that there could be a little bit of layout. But I think that right now, while you have Nick Sirianni as the main guy, <coughs> everything should remain the same and, and expectations should remain high. Well, you know, take 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 what Jack said. Say, say that's no excuse that Daniel Jones had a big turnover because other 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 teams have had that. But you're you're comparing the Giants to the Buffalo Bills to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants team is nowhere close to talented as those three teams. They're not even the same. They're not even the same ballpark as these three teams. Yeah, but also you got to look at, Mac, is, is that this is the first time Daniel Jones will be in the same offense for more than two a year. I mean, he'll have – That's not true. He did that with Judge. Yeah, but Judge was awful. Well, that's not 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 our fault. Yeah, but what I'm saying is maybe he was awful because so was Jones. For his skill, his skills, Judge should Judge Matt Jones was doing better without Judge. Well, well, Tim, well, well, let me go another way. When you played, okay, if there was a new defensive line coach that came in. And you weren't as effective the next year. Your sacks went down. Your pressures went down. Your tackles of the running backs went down. Does it, is a coach really a major difference maker for someone on the defensive line, a cornerback, a linebacker? Of we always make quarterback. Of course, the coaches can make some differences. But some difference, it's yes. Be, some it's difference, more, yes. But, but not major. What they're doing. Schematics are the things that coaches help you with, putting you in the right position to be uh, effective, and that's the thing you got to look at. And you can't you can't compare a defensive lineman what no, he does to a quarterback. quarterback does. No, not, not at all. Yeah. So a there's another he does because it's flag football. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just trying to get the point. No, of but you're right. you're no, right. No, listen, listen. I understand yeah. how important coaching is. An example would be Ryan Tannenhill was taken number eight overall in the draft, went to Miami. Adam Gase was in charge, the coach there. Ryan Tannenhill was not good at Miami. He goes to Tennessee. He's like a new quarterback there. So I understand the different coaching could be extremely vital, extremely important. I, but I like to look at a big body of work. If a guy's been at a place three years, even if they're coaching turnovers, the guy on his own should be able to figure things out after a while, you know, after three years. That's just my thought. I disagree with that some. Sometimes the scheme is not fit for him. You know what I mean? It's just not a good fit. And that's what hurts a lot of players because you'll see players go to other teams and it's a better fit for their abilities. And that's the thing. And when the ball came in, it was a better fit than Joe Judge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that 100. This is this week in sports with Mac, Jack, Jim, Jeffco, and special guest. He comes in every week, the Philly sports guy. So there's another, there's another quarterback that that's probably uh, that's going to either 
stay with their team or go somewhere else. And that's Geno Smith. Geno Smith had a heck of a year last year. Um, he's up for free agency. I mean, uh, Pags, you got Geno Smith. Uh, does he stay with Seattle or does he move to another team? Oh, he'll probably get the most money with Seattle. I can't imagine he's going to get that type of money somewhere else. Uh, I think that, you know, why would you go anywhere? You know, you'd want to stay in a spot that's most comfortable right now uh, because it was a revitalization of your career. Short of that, I think that if he goes anywhere else, he becomes what we know of Geno Smith. And it, you know, you wind up, might as well just hold a clipboard. So I, I think that there's, you know, I, I don't think he's got many options. I think he stays in Seattle or he's, you know, he'll go somewhere else, but he's not going to succeed. Well, Jim, Jim, yeah, I was just going to get, Jim, do you think Geno Smith could uh, succeed with the Saints, could succeed with the Jets? I'm just telling you, think about this. Who was the offensive coordinator last year for Seattle? Schottenheimer. And where's Schottenheimer going? It's not Schottenheimer, it's Canals, Dave Canals. Where's he going? Canals, he's going to Tampa to be the OC. Mm. You didn't think about that, but that was his offensive coordinator. And Pete Carroll's a defensive guy. Now he's going to go through another offensive coordinator. And with right. just like you said, is it going to, is it someone they're going to promote or is it someone they're going to bring out of the organization? And that's the question you got to ask where he could go to Tampa and he's already familiar with Canales does. And Tampa needs uh, a quarter. Uh, Tampa needs a quarterback with Brady retiring. So that's a possibility. Let me tell you, if this were a boxing match, I had to assign boxing judges. Okay. Pags would be so much different from Mac and Jim because Pags would judge based on the whole three minute round. Mac and Jim, you guys would judge the last 20 seconds when the guy's flurring to catch the eyes of the judges. That's Geno Smith. Within two years, he's going to be carrying a clipboard elsewhere. But Jack, another team. Yeah. He is not going to last body of work. He's been in the league forever, and he's been a backup. There's a reason. The Jack, team you don't here. like Geno Smith because he was a Jet. That's the truth. And he didn't succeed as a Jet. He didn't Nobody succeed, succeed as a Giant. Yeah. He didn't succeed <laughs> as a Buffalo Bill. Except There's a Joe reason Michael. for it. <laughs> as a game manager, okay, last year he had a, he had a wonderful year, comeback player of the year. Sure, give him that award. All's fine. He's okay as a stopgap, for example, like one year somewhere, let him start. Maybe Tampa Bay, Brady retiring, you bring him in, you know, and you see whether you let him compete for the job. But he's not a long-term answer anyway. When I say long-term, I'm talking about three or four years. Well, there you go. Jack Jack with his uh, – the quarterback jinx from the, jinx from the Jets, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, every quarterback I think the Jets have had is either playing second string or out of the league right now. Um Speaking of, of somebody that might be out of the league, is, is Jimmy G valid anymore in discussion for quarterbacks? I mean, listen, second string, is he going to play a second string uh, a spot? Is he going to go to a team that can't win? What what do you think? What do you think, Jim? What do you think about Jimmy uh, Jimmy G? What's his future? He doesn't have a lot of options right now, in my opinion. Tennessee, possibility. Uh, there's not a lot of – maybe 
uh, Tampa, but uh, his injury background, when you talk about him, is an issue because he's had quite a few injuries. Now, he has been to the Super Bowl, but um, I wonder how the rest of the league looks at him because yeah. he has had some issues. How about you, Pags? What do you think? Do you think Jimmy G ends up with a starting anywhere this year? Seattle. I think he goes to Seattle. I think that I think that what happens with quarterbacks specifically is that when you see them a lot, you start to think that uh, what you could do with them. And I feel that that's why you see some quarterbacks or a lot of quarterbacks will sometimes go in division to a different team. Uh, and I feel that I, I feel that Geno Smith may go somewhere else if he doesn't go to Seattle. And I think that they could wind up with Garoppolo. Short of that, I, I you know I don't know that he goes to Tampa. I don't think that that's the type of quarterback they want. They want somebody who could be a little bit more dynamic. That's why I don't see Geno Smith being that guy either. Uh, you know, I I you know, short of that, I mean, who who else is really in the market for a quarterback? Realistically, I don't know that San Francisco can get rid of him. You know, it's like, are you going to, are you going to keep Purdy? Who's going to start the season on injured reserve? Are you going to try to, you're going to try to start this whole process again with the three quarterbacks? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think that you have no choice. You may, he may have to stay right where he's at another year. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's been, I just heard something about that. They might stay too, Pags. You might be right. Coming up right next, right now, guys, we've got Sportscope, Robert Butler, yeah. In every week, Don, now on This Week in Sports with Mac, Jack, and Jim. Uh, Pags is here. Robert, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, morning, guys. Robert? Robert? Yeah, yeah. So, Robert, I, yeah. I, pose, I, I pose a few questions to you. Uh, same thing we're talking about. I'm going to get your opinion on it. Uh, free agency um, is a big deal. It's bigger than it's ever been in the NFL. And with Lamar Jackson out there, uh, you know, with Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, where do you see some of these guys ending up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Garoppolo, it, it remains to be seen. I'm not sure. I haven't read anything specific on Garoppolo. He's a big question mark. You know, he was he's been on and off hurt the last few years. Uh, I've read a few articles where it may be a good fit for maybe a Lamar Jackson going to Atlanta. With all the weapons they've got, they've got plenty of money uh, to be able to afford that contract, something like that. If they can't get anything done in Baltimore, uh, last I read, it was like $100 million off and uh, <laughs> guaranteed money there. So uh, that one's interesting. Now, Derek Carr was uh, with the Jets this weekend, uh, Jack, and uh, he, he's also going to uh, potentially look at Carolina. And the Saints are still in the uh, still in the fold. He didn't want to help out the Raiders and orchestrate that trade. That's what I'm I'm reading and hearing about Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. any, do you think Tennessee? Do you think Tennessee is a good spot for Garoppolo? I, I mean, Garoppolo kind of got somewhere because the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with really their good uh, good running game, uh, and of course, Derek Henry, when he's healthy, is still probably one of the best in the league. Uh, do you think that that Tennessee uh, are unhappy enough with their quarterback play that they could take a flyer on blow? 
no, I, I don't believe so. I, I think they like what Dobbs did when they picked him up. He learned the playbook in like less than a week. Uh, it depends on what Garoppolo will want to ask. I don't think that I think they would want to probably work out something with um, Tannehill before they would bring in a guy like a uh, like a Jimmy Garoppolo per se. And well, I, I personally right. want to do it myself either. Did I hear right? <laughs> You're saying Tennessee would consider Dobbs as their starting quarterback? Well, I you mean, the guy learned. That, the, did you? He he would he would come in. He played college ball here. Uh, a guy that's been on practice squads the last few years, I'm sure he would take a Ryan Tannehill when he first got here type of salary, five, seven. The Dobbs wouldn't be starting for Tennessee. You don't mean that. They wouldn't even consider that, I don't well, think. Well, maybe he would uh, can potentially compete with Pat uh, with Malik Willis. Uh, oh, okay. And then they would cut. See, Tannehill's cap number is still really high again. You know, if they cut him, they could save like 18 million. Tennessee's over the cap guys about about 20 million. Uh, if they cut him, a lot of talk they're going to cut their left tackle, Taylor Lewan, who's only played about half the games here uh, in the last three years. That's saving 14 million. You got not only are you out of um, you're over the cap, you got cap space. Guys, we're gonna we're gonna let Jim get going here. He's got to get back to. You know what he's doing in Mexico. I guess there's a couple of margaritas or something he might have to get. To <laughs> so, what's he uh, golfing? Is it is, what's he golfing over there? He looks like he's got a golf shot. He's like ready to try. No, to no, this is swing a, a club. I'm doing a camp. I'm helping some um, kids out. I'm working with some kids over here in Mexico, and I'm kind of pleasantly surprised. Very, um, they like sponges. The coaches and the players are like sponges. They love American football over here. They had over a million viewers for the Super Bowl. Jim, if you Man. saw a phenomenal prospect that slipped under the radar, be honest. Would you give Jerry Jones a call and just tip off? Well, they're not college the players, Jack. They're, uh, I mean, they're high school players. They're high school, and actually, but do you do you do you set do you set up different things for? So, if you do see somebody who is getting close to like uh, in their senior year, about to go into their senior year, do you give do you give heads up to colleges and say, hey, yes. this might be somebody to. You know, yeah, send somebody develop. down to like take I, a look at. Before the show, Pax, I was telling him about there's a kid here, uh, six, seven, six, eight, and he's um, uh, 285 pounds. He's only 17 years old, and he's athletic as heck. So you get a kid like that, and you give him time to develop. You put him in a college program, redshirt him, and let him develop. You don't know what you'll have in four or five years. Could have Jordan Mailata. That's exactly right. So that's what you, you see. You see the upside. And there are quite a few kids that have upside up there. Receivers are in offensive linemen, some D linemen. Wow. So there you oh, go, nice. folks. Jim Jeffcoat. We'll leave us for, for now. We'll see him again next week. He's got a show on JB Talking Shop on Wednesday. Uh, check him out at 8 o'clock p.m. Thanks again, Jim. And have a good All one. All right. Buddy. All right. Have a guys. good one, have Jim. Take care, Jim. There you go. So Jim Jeffcoat, folks. Um, and let me say, uh, get Jason in here. Good morning, Jason. Glad to have you on uh, on with us on this week in sports. So a couple more I wanted to talk to you about, Robert. Um, yeah. You know, uh, running backs. Of course, the biggest name out there is Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's a free agent. Kareem Hunt uh, from the uh, Browns is out there. 
Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs from the Raiders. Um, first, let's start with Saquon. Uh, I mean, I know the Giant fans, they want to, I want Saquon to play too and be with us, but his contract demands are close uh, to McCaffrey's. He's talking about $14 million a year. What do you think happens with Saquon? Uh, you just never know what the Giants are going to do with that situation, man. If they, if they maybe work out something team friendly to try to keep him there with, with Daniel Jones, or uh, you got to look at now. Me personally, only way I, I would pick up a guy like that on a second contract if I had just a ton of cap space and I was bringing in, you know, like a um, so I was bringing in like a, 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 a rookie quarterback or whatnot. And you had just, you know, a team like the Bears or somebody of that nature. Uh, Atlanta's got a lot of money. Uh, maybe, I mean, a wild card would be uh, Joe Mixon's contract's running out. He's a little older. Somebody like that. Cincinnati's got a lot of uh, cap space there. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe, yeah. maybe a Houston or somebody would, would bring him in. Somebody would just, you want that young quarterback to be as comfortable as possible. You know, right. uh, I, I I think that the, uh, uh, the next two biggest names would be Kareem Hunt. He shared yeah. the duties there. Um, good running back, got hands. Uh, do you see him moving on? I, I would imagine he would. Uh, I don't think that Cleveland's going to pay him what he what they want to pay what he wants. Where do you see him ending up, if anywhere, Rob? Uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there, there's no telling. He would probably go somewhere where he would fit in some type of system. Uh, maybe he gives some type of discount to Kansas City because uh, he's he's played under Andy Reid before, something of that nature, and he, he gets more touches because uh, they're familiar with him. Or someone who has worked under Reid before, uh, maybe he – no, I would say Washington, but no, they, they've, got, they've got a good batch of running backs. Yeah. I got a, I got a little bit of an idea. First off, uh, do it Saquon. Do not be surprised if the Pittsburgh Steelers pick him up. I think the Steelers have been looking for a running back. They base their whole entire offense off of amazing running game. I know that Ben Roethlisberger was a passing quarterback, but he's always had great running backs. Now I know that they don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore, but I think they want to get them there. I understand that, but I don't think that they, they they like him as well as a Saquon Barkley. So I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon winds up going to the Steelers. Uh, with Kareem Hunt, I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to get as many suitors as everybody likes. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a spot with the one-year show-me contract similar to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. You know, you, you guys make a point, uh, Rob, when you said the familiarity with uh, Kareem Hunt going back to Kansas City. Yeah. Saquon Barkley's from the New Jersey area. He loves it here. He wants to come back to the Giants. Let's say he doesn't. The Jets are a great alternative. He gets to play in the same stadium, live in the same area. So, you know, everything still stays in place. We have no idea how much interest the Jets would have. Yeah, yeah, and I forgot to mention, guys, that Aaron Rodgers is still in the mix. Aaron Rappaport said that yesterday. He's still in the mix for the Jets, too, uh, as far as acquiring, air quote, acquiring on uh, on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, that that would be interesting. There's starters coming back from a pretty serious injury. 
up there in New York. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, Barkley. Well, Rob, there's a rumor about Aaron Rodgers that came out from a Packer beat reporter saying the Packer organization is fed up with him. They want to move on. They've had it with all the drama. They don't feel he came into training camp in shape last year the way he should have. He hasn't bought in. They're sick of it. But this is the part that I can't believe that was reported. Well, even if he comes back to the Packers, okay, he's going to be Jordan Love's backup. To me, that makes no sense. You can't oh, make God. Aaron Rodgers the highest-paid player in the league. <laughs> come on. You know, well, come on. The, the last thing I heard about Rodgers was maybe going to the Raiders, uh, you know, hooking up with uh, his former wide receiver. We'll see. See, who knows what Rodgers comebacks as because he's got – he just went and did that dark out, you know, and he went down to Costa Rica, had had a re recharge of ayahuasca, whatever it is that he's taking out there, and uh, I bet you he's coming back all kumbaya. Yeah, it could, it could be. It could be. Josh Jacobs is the last one I want to get to. Yeah. Very good running back um, with the Raiders. Um, what do you see What do you see with him? Well, guys, typically – uh, keep an eye on other teams in the division. You know, maybe Denver works out something. Maybe they're not com totally satisfied with what they think. They, they've got a starter also that was hurt. Uh, something of that nature, by the way, Sean Payton. I mean, you guys follow the, the Saints. I'm sure you, Jamie, uh, he loves to use a slew of running backs. He's big on substitutions. It's annoying for fantasy players. Uh, I could see something like that. Usually, history says someone in the division will will want want to talk to you. I see it all the time in the AFC South. I'm sure you guys do in the in the NFC East. Yeah. I but that's yeah. where I could see that one year deal. Like that's where I yeah. see Kareem Hunt. Uh, that you know that's where I see those show me deals. I think Jake. I think. Uh, Saquon are going to actually get signed at certain places. So when you say, like when I say Saquon, like if they don't sign uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, I think Barkley, you know, is almost a natural because they want to get somebody high profile who's going to take away some of the, you know, some of the luster or, or the you know demise about losing uh, Lamar Jackson. So I think that there's there's some of that that's going to happen here a little bit. This is a, a, a slippery slope that certain franchises take that say, oh, well, we just lost our quarterback. So let's go yeah. and, and get a, you know, a, a high, a high end free agent to to look like we're stopping the bleeding a certain way. Yeah. No, there are other players out there that slip under the radar. If I'm not mistaken, Evan Ingram is a free agent tied in and the, the Jacksonville Jaguars who had a big, big year, revived his career. What about him coming back to the Giants? I mean, guys like that who are available, who could help out a young quarterback. Right. Yeah, it's usually typically somebody like a coach goes somewhere that may have worked with him prior to a quarterback, a running back coach, and yeah. we lose track of that running back coach, and he, he's in another conference or something, and you're like, wow, where, where does this relationship come from? And then, right. boom, you got a signing there. Right. It happens a lot with coordinators, a lot with coordinators. Yeah. Um, so coaches um, are big, uh, big news this week, too. Of course, two yeah. Eagle coaches uh, 
uh, have left and taken on head coaching jobs. You have the Eagles, um, Jonathan Gannon, Gannon and yeah. also, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to – who was the other Steichen one? Uh, goes to the Colts. Gannon to, Gannon to, the, uh, to Arizona. He didn't even leave for the Super Bowl. And then, you know, Steichen with the Colts. What do you what do you think, Robert? Do these? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty young, on a successful team. Um, how do you think they make out? Uh, you know, with their new teams, and you do you have know, Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray's yeah. back in Arizona still. So yeah, you know, I was reading that Brian Flores essentially turned down that Arizona job. You gotta wonder. Look how good Lou Era Aramo from uh, Cincinnati. Has been. Oh, wait, 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 wait! I hate to cut in. Did you say Brian Flores turned down the Arizona there job? Were, there were talks that he turned that down. How can he have a lawsuit going claiming discrimination if they would have offered him a head coaching job? I think I he had. I want to say he had two interviews and he turned what he turned it down. Took the defensive coordinator job from Minnesota. Uh, I bet I've heard that last week. Uh, Jack, yeah. yeah, yeah, Flores turned it down, and Gannon. I mean, man, you guys, I'm sure you're kind of happy about that. Jamie <laughs> could get a stop in the second half of the Super Bowl. And, and news in this morning, guys, that he's hired uh, Nick Rouse, 29 year old defensive coordinator at for the, the youngest in the league at Arizona. It sounds like nobody really wanted that job per se in Arizona because of Murray's contract. Now, Murray's been posted on Instagram that he's working really hard to come back from his injury. Uh, that's going to be a job to be seen. I mean, you know, that that is a really young staff, man. I mean, yeah. that is, yeah. And normally that's well, not how they make them, Robert. Right? They're, at least they're not successful, right? You normally have the veteran uh, defensive coordinator yes. with the young offensive coach. It's very hard to, to, to run – uh, yeah, but you got to believe that Gannon is really the defensive coordinator and that their defensive coordinator in that spot is just somebody who's going to be able to help uh, just push the narrative. I don't, I kind of think about that. As I'm on the opposite side, like I, I'm trying to think who the Eagles, who are the Eagles going to sign as their defensive coordinator? And I, you know, I, that's, that's a, there's not many names out there that I know of. You know, like they, they talk to the guy from Arizona. I'm like, yeah, that guy ain't going to do it. I don't remember Arizona's defense being so great. Uh, I, then they're talking to, I believe it's the Vikings defensive coordinator. I'm like, he just got let go. Why would you want to have him? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I, I mean, but there's not many names out there. I mean, the name that, that sticks in my head a little bit is Seth Joyner. You know, I think that he's got the knowledge to be able to kind of do it, but he hasn't done it before. So that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And I, I feel that these coaches right now are going much, much younger. You know, where Denver, Denver's on the opposite side. Denver just gets, you know, they just Ryan. So they hire yeah. somebody who's got all of that seniority and knows the NFL really well, uh, even though he hasn't coached in a couple of years he's been behind the desk he's been watching the film and things of that nature so i i wonder if like who is going to be the next defensive coordinator for the eagles and I, i'm wondering what makes a very good defensive coordinator well right let now. me like say I, this pax uh, rob Matt, it hasn't been made official to my knowledge 
but it looks like Rex Ryan is yeah. going to be the defensive coordinator with the Denver Broncos. Now that's it's already big, official. That is official. It is official. And I don't know what Sean Payton's relationship has been with him, but a lot of times they get these former coaches, they get a job as an analyst after they get let go. And future coaches watch them on the air and they're very impressed. And Rex does have a pedigree, you know, as far as not just as a head coach, but more so as a defensive coordinator. And that's gonna that's an interesting hire, but Denver already has a good defensive unit. It's straightening yeah. out Russell Wilson in the offense, which is a bigger challenge. But if a coach has been away from the game for years, you kind of wonder how much of a handicap that might be. Because the game really has evolved the last five years, you know, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I uh, kind of guys, I had a I had a I had a guy, Mike Westoff, on, on the show the other day. Uh he is a special teams guy for the Jets. He worked with Rex Ryan, with the Jets. Uh, he also worked with Sean Payton in 2017, got their special teams squared. He's one of the best ever, uh, this Mike Westhoff guy. He's he's a special teams guy, you know, and he's going to get hired 75 uh, to help get them started. Now, Dick LeBeau, if you guys remember, former defense coordinator of the, of the Steelers, he was coaching in his 80s. I mean, some of these guys – uh, they hey, they're lifers, you know. Monty Kiffin was in his 70s. Uh, Westhoff, when I talked to him, I said, If he asked you, would you take it? He said, I'll get it set up. So, you think about a really good special teams coach in Denver in that rarefied air and a very aggressive defensive coordinator with those cornerbacks that they have. What are the better secondaries in the league? Uh, one of the bright spots of the Steelers, uh, or uh, the, the Broncos there with Patrick Sertan. That's safety there. Simmons, they've also got an off-corner. It's pretty good, according to Pro Football Focus there. They're going to play field position defense and let Sean Payton. Now, I'm really um, pleasantly surprised that they're going there. Uh, and, and I think they're going to be pretty good on that side of the ball. And they're already good. Like this has to do, with, do you think this has to do with, like, you know, everybody talks about the dream team of players. Uh, I actually look at it the opposite way. You try to put together a team of coaches yeah. that that are, uh, you know, Rex never Super Bowl, but he did make it to a couple of conference championships. Yeah. He uh, he was he was successful as a coach. Obviously, Sean yeah. Payton has won one Super Bowl. You know, so I kind of like that idea better than a dream team of players. That the coaching staff, uh, a dream team of coaches. Uh, is it usually works out a lot better and can direct the guys in a much better way than the than the egos yeah. of the players themselves. Yeah, guys, I've had a theory that these these older coaches have 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 uh, have actually out coached these young guys in second halves of game for the Super Bowl, for instance. Andy Reid, uh, what you call it? The Denver, uh, they didn't, you know, Gannon, they didn't get a stop in the second half. Look at Kit. Look, look, the last year's Super Bowl, guys, I know Sean McVay's very young. He outcoached Zach Taylor in the second half. Let's go back to 2018. Bill Belichick, Sean McVay even admitted. He said, I was overwhelmed by Belichick. I mean, I was yeah, like, but you oh, could tell that you could tell, like, I, you knew that he was going to the Super Bowl. When I saw the interview <laughs> that they showed between him 
and yeah. Belichick before the game, you could tell that McVay was going to lose that game because he was just too enamored with Belichick. Yeah. And you could yeah. tell he was way overthinking everything. And just yeah. when you watch that video, when you watch that video, it's like, oh, my God. You 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 went in there to lose. You went in there to lose because you were really too much all over Belichick's. You know, yeah. You know, what yeah, I I, I, I could say I could say it I could say it in, in, in a in a vulgar way, but I'm going to choose not to. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, yeah, he, was, uh, yeah. he, was looking, he was looking at he was looking at Bill with stars in his eyes. That's for sure. Exactly, um, and and that you because of that he lost that Super Bowl. Because let me tell yeah. you, that Super Bowl was meant to be won. I Belichick coached a really good. They had a pretty good offense, but that's all you needed was a little bit of a good offense. And McVeigh, who was supposed to be known for a really great offense, didn't perform. So I tell you, it yeah. was like it was like he he shot his load in that first little bit of the interview, and that was the end of it. Yeah, okay, I picked right, the Rams right. and lost that one too. I mean, I thought they had the yeah. better team coming in, guys. Right. Robert Frank Wright. Uh, Back with the Panthers, he was their first quarterback on Carolina. Um, good coach, couple playoffs. Um, first three seasons, uh, he was uh, 40, 33, and one. Uh, hard owner to get along with, but they it looks like they're going to try and uh, you know get some kind of uh, settlement there, right? They're going to try and settle in on this guy yeah. and let him do his thing. I think it's a good hire. Oh, yeah, yeah, Frank Wright uh, with Carolina. I, I like that. Now, also, Jim Caldwell has come there. Talking about the old-timers there, 68-year-old Jim Caldwell. Uh, I think that would be between Caldwell and Frank Wright. You guys know uh, Derek uh, Carr. He's a spiritual guy. He's not shy about it. Frank Wright, spiritual guy, not shy about it. I think that would be a good combo there. Uh, they've got a ready-made defense. That defense was getting better every year or every game towards the end of the season there. They also got a pretty good secondary, Derek Brown, good defensive tackle there. Young defense kind of coming into its own there towards the end. Uh, I, I do think that Frank Wright will work out. I don't know what they're going to do as far as maybe getting a car in. If they don't get a car, I think they'll probably draft somebody. I don't think they'll keep They draft number nine, so one of the – Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud will be gone by then, but maybe they get one of the other quarterbacks. Like Anthony Richardson might be on the board. Yeah. It depends what their scouting department thinks, how much potential he has. Or they could just stick it out with Sam Donald, you know, who might work out if you put the pieces around them. I think Sam Donald could succeed with, you know, the right pieces around them. I mean, he's not the answer. Don't misunderstand me. I saw him enough with the Jets. Don't misunderstand me, but you could do worse than Sam Donald, at least short term. DeMarco Ryan's, uh, Robert, very exciting yeah. young coach, defensive, former defensive coach of San Fran. Uh, you know, I saw was, and he's moving on to Houston. Houston, it looks like they need a little bit more work at offense, so I would imagine – He's going to hire a, a maybe an experienced offensive coordinator or somebody that uh, you know is very offensive minded. Houston had a pretty good defense last year, so I expect them to improve. What are your thoughts about uh, about Demarco? Yeah, uh, Demico Ryan's there at Houston. Yeah, I, I I was really surprised. Usually teams go defense to offense, 
Uh, Lovey Smith was a defensive. He come from a defensive background, and then they moved on and and, and went to another defensive background in D'Amico Ryan's. Now he was only a coordinator for like two years. Uh, he he's kind of on a fast track there. So what that tells me is, you know, Mike Vrabel with Tennessee was only a coordinator for like two years. So maybe there's something, maybe there's some talent being talked about there that he's really got a feel for this. So uh, as far as the offensive coordinator, who knows where they're going to go? Uh, I'm sure they're going quarterback. I'm sure they're going quarterback with number two. Just not sure which type of quarterback. They're going to do some type of pro-style system. Are they going to do something like the 49ers did? You know, with, with his own block and running scheme. Right. I, I, I think he'll he'll probably especially being young, he's gonna go with what he knows. So I think yeah. that's how I'll start it out. Uh one last one for you, Eric yeah. Benjamin. Um, you know, he 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 was the offensive coordinator, but he wasn't the offensive coordinator for the for uh for the Chiefs. Problems in his background when he coached college. Now he's gonna move on to uh the commanders and be their offensive coordinator. I think Jack was saying he's got a two year contract or something like that. Um, what do you what do you think this does for Washington? Does this make them a better offense? Um, does it does it make them a better team? Are they going to be more competitive, or is it going to be same old Commanders? You know, I, you got to believe that he's going to bring in some of what Andy Reid did. Uh, what I liked about Andy Reid guys is is that red zone offense. You never know where they're coming from. Uh, I, I think I think it's more upside than anything. If I'm a Washington fan. Uh, even if it's Sam Howell at, at quarterback, you know, uh, they were in their 20s in offense. They weren't terrible offensively. I don't think they have terrible uh, personnel by no means, guys. Uh, they've got they've got skilled players. They've got a true number one receiver there. I like both of their running backs. You have a power guy, and then you have a pass-catching guy in Gibson and power guy in Robertson. Uh, the offensive line's fair. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of upside. I, my thing is if they can get you know on the the uh, which top, top ten versus twenty, I think that that is from, with their defense and everything and Ron Rivera. I, there's nothing but upside with with Ron. Uh, not not unless he is just a terrible offensive coordinator. I doubt it though. I mean, I, is I, this I, something? I, is this something that you know? I I as as we're saying this and we've been talking about this for three days could this i know that rivera's on the hot seat yeah. you know it is could this be one of uh, like the reason why he's going there is because he would be like the heir apparent to the, to the head coaching position and that they're bringing him in as an offensive coordinator specifically to get the fan base used to him so that they would be able to, you know, get around some of his past if he was to become the head coach. Yeah, I mean that that could be a possibility, guys. I mean, I, I keep hearing and reading there's going to be some type of ownership change there at some point. And you know, the new owners, a lot they usually don't have a lot of patience for the former coaches. Look what happened in Denver. Right. <laughs> yeah, keep in mind, he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell, a fifth-round draft choice. Yeah. Of course, it could work in his favor if Sam Howell develops into a solid, you know, starting quarterback. 
it raises Eric Bieniemy's stock tremendously. But in all honesty, guys, at this point, if his stock isn't sky high, I mean, when is it ever going to get much higher? Two Super Bowl wins, AFC Championship game the last five years, three of them resulting in Super Bowl appearances. If he hasn't gotten a head job by now, I mean, come on. Well, man, not for nothing, they still do have Carson Wentz there. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But if he revitalizes you know, Carson Wentz. If Carson that, that would Wentz, be a big, big deal. That would be an absolute huge, big deal. Huge. If he turns him back into the QB he was, and Carson Wentz is gushing about Eric Bieniemy. He's the best thing that ever has happened to me. Blah blah blah. He's the Carson Wentz of the beginning of his NFL career. Wow, you cannot ignore that. that well, not only that, but I, I like so I, I like that whole idea for the tough love. Like I think Bieniemy is a really tough love type of guy. You know what I mean? Like he's going to yell in your face and, and hold you accountable in ways yeah. that you're not used to. And I think that that might be exactly what Wentz needs. But what about if it works so in Robert, reverse? Nice guys. Yeah, wait a minute, Jack. 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 Jack wait. I think we got to let Robert go here. Uh, Robert, Have a good show, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. And we'll see you again next week, Robert. All right, guys. Take care, Robert. Yeah. So there you go. The great. Robert Butler with the hot news and, and the big stories in the, in the NFL. So, Jack, what were you talking about there before I cut you off? Sorry. Yeah, can you imagine it works in reverse? No one has even thought about this, and they might find it incomprehensible. Could you imagine the chief offense struggles next year with Eric Bieniemy not there? And all of a sudden, even though Andy Reid was calling plays, People are going to say, well, the schemes the enemy set up behind the scenes, he wasn't given enough credit. Could you imagine the chief offense isn't as good? I mean, in reverse, who knows how we're going to think of it. Maybe he had more of an impact than we thought. Pax would notice a lot better than I would. Is Andy Reid the type of guy who likes to take the credit, has to take the credit? He might be a good person. I'm not talking the type of human being he is one way or the other. Is he is so certain guys are like that? They gotta get the credit. Like on this show, Max gotta always get the credit, no matter how we perform, you know, an ego thing. Crazy uh, when it came to that type of stuff with him. So my thought is is that it's not it's not something that he absolutely says, oh well, I mean, I mean when you listen to the speech, he really doubted the enemy. You know, I mean that it was the enemy that came up with those designs on those on those offensive plays where the the wide receiver had nobody around them for 15 yards. He gave full credit to the enemy for that. So I, I think that there's, you know, I don't think that Andy Reid needs the the credit for anything. I think he's able to do things. Um, the way he does, and he's already he's already looked at as one of the best coaches of all time. Does he really need to, you know, the pat himself on the back? I don't think so. Also, there was one scene at the end of the game, guys. As soon as the Chiefs won, no one talks about it. The enemy buried his head in Andy Reid, a special type of hug. It was as if the enemy was saying, thank you, you know, like the way he put his head in him. Like they did it like in a partnership type way. 
it was more of an embrace than Andy Reid had with any other head coach. Not only does a quick hug, you know, but the way Andy Reid put his head on him, like like a kind of like a little kid with a parent. Yeah, but I, I mean, think about how long they've been together and yeah. knowing that that I mean, it was already spoken about that he was going to wind up taking uh, he was going to take a lateral movement. So they knew that this was the last game that they were coaching together. So I, I got to imagine that there's a lot of emotion that gets involved in that as well. So I don't think yeah. that that's, you know, I, I don't think that that's uh, uh, unrealistic to think that they're going to have a pretty strong embrace on the field, knowing that they just won their last game together, you know, and that they, you know, again, that that's who knows if they'll coach with each other again. But as of right now, it's expected that they won't. Yeah. So, folks, we're going to take a promotional break right now. I get to show you some of the great shows at our Northeast Streaming Sports. It'll be quick, so stick around. We'll be right back after these promotions, guys. He was a giant, and he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now... Here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news. Hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. I mean, you can see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboys fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back, back to This Week in Sports with Mac, Jack, and Jim. Jim Cup, Jeff Coat, Dallin Mako had to leave to do some bar hopping, and we still do have the Philly sports guy in with us here. Big, huge TikTok sensation. Check out his site on TikTok. He's got like uh, 100 billion uh, followers out there. Am I close anyway, Pags? About that, uh, close. Right? Yeah, close. So all over the place, there's a lot of work uh, for us. On the on other things, just not just here on the show. He's got his own show. I, I think that might have stopped for now. The NFC East, uh, but he's in a lot of stuff, folks. So he's all over uh, Instagram and, and, and 
TikTok and everything. So you'll see him somewhere. That's for sure. All you got to do is open up the maps. Um, so let's let's get to a little bit more NFL news. Uh, your last thoughts on the Super Bowl, guys. I mean, you know, we've covered this uh, for the last week or so. Um, uh, last thoughts, uh, Jack, that you have on the on the game, Eagles versus Kansas City. Kansas City comes back and wins. It's just a great game. Yeah, this is with any team, not just the Eagles. Any team that suffers that type of Super Bowl loss, you never get over it, no matter who it is. And I'm not pinpointing the Philadelphia Eagles. They just happen to be the latest loser of a heartbreaking game in the Super Bowl. Because even if you come back next year and you do win it, your legacy is affected beyond repair because you could have been talking about back-to-back Super Bowls which make you a kind of a special team. Same way with the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, the Chiefs have two Super Bowls spread out over their career. Had they won the second one in a row against Tampa Bay, you become more of a team that's remembered historically when you have like a run as opposed to one. They're rare exceptions, like the Chicago Bears who are one-hit wonders, you know, in the 80s. So you never quite get over it. But, we, you know, you focus towards next year. And is there going to be Super Bowl fatigue with the Eagles? I would think not. I would think not. I think they'll be in the mix, you know, to win it next year. I don't know where I'm going to pick them, the position that's going to be. But if you look at the year before where the Rams played the Bengals, we thought the Bengals had Super Bowl fatigue the way they started last year. And then they put it together. And they easily could have went to the Super Bowl and maybe even won it had they got in there this year. But the Rams won it, and maybe they were the ones that had Super Bowl fatigue as the winners. They, you know, the year just went bad for them. So my thoughts are the Chiefs are too good not to at least be in the playoffs next year, at least, meaning they're going to be in the mix. And I think the Eagles are just too talented not to, you know, to be in the mix, you know, to make a serious Super Bowl run. But uh, but a lot can change in a year for some crazy reasons because some of the great, so-called great teams in NFL history, they don't come back the same one year later, and it's hard to explain why. Yeah, I think I think it has a lot to do with the, with the competition at the top, too. I think there's a lot of good teams on both sides, uh, in both conferences, and man, you're talking Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, now maybe maybe even uh, Denver, uh, you know, and and of course Kansas City, and then over in, in the NFC, maybe not as much, but you're talking the Eagles, you know, you're talking the Cowboys, you're talking you're talking about some good teams up there that'll be fighting for it. What are your what are some of your thoughts? Uh, last thoughts on the Super Bowl, Pags? Uh, I when I look at this loss in comparison to like when I think back in 1980 and I was very young back in 1980 when we lost it was it it was a, a much bigger loss I think this one they got they got beat <clears throat> uh, because of a couple of small mistakes well they're not small mistakes but they're a couple of mistakes and I think that when you get that close and you actually can pinpoint some of the mistakes that you made that that game that you actually get better 
that you actually do learn from this. I feel that they are going to be, especially right now, I think that the East is a little bit on the softer side than the than the West is, or the A the NFC is a little softer than the AFC, really. And that, you know, realistically, when I think of teams that we're going to be going up against that are going to be really competitive, I look at, you know, I think Detroit is going to be, you know, a big jump next year. You know, I think that they're going to have that jump that they are going to start to be in the mix for a couple of years. I believe that the Packers are going to take a step backwards, that they are going to start rebuilding. I think that the Vikings are still going to be mid. I think that the 49ers defense is still really strong. I think they are going to try to figure it out better on offense to try to get back over that hump. But I think that they're going to still be in the mix. But beyond that, I don't. Like, I don't believe in the Rams. I think that the Rams are still old, you know, and I think the fact that everybody took a break at half of the season, they're going to try to come run it back this season. I don't know that they're going to have it like that. I think that they just are too old to try to run it back again and that they were more of the one and done. Uh, When you look at the West or the AFC, you have the Chiefs, you have the Bills, you have the Bengals. I mean, you arguably still have uh, either the Steelers or the Ravens, uh, depending on what their quarterback situation looks like. You know, so there is a number of different teams that could possibly be in that mix. I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be as strong as they were this year. I think that the Giants could make a step up, but that they are still a little bit behind. I think that I, I think that the NFC East is still going to be the best division in football. You know, so and I think that when you're playing in the best division in football, that you elevate your play in general, you know, and that's kind of what happens. Now, you know, we'll see. Obviously, it's just great to talk about it you know, now in comparison to September. But, I mean, I've been pretty pretty dead on with what I've seen uh, for, for the last two to three years. And I feel that it's that we are going to be there again. And I feel that the coaches have learned now. And the coaches are going to be smarter to be able to do the things that they need to do to be able to win it and get over the hump and win it next year. Well, well, well the coaches are gone. The, off, the Eagle offensive and defensive. No, it, you know, so I don't know. I, I look at, I look at the quarterbacks coaches. Now our offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni is still going to be our head coach. You still have all of the pieces in place from all of the other. You just, cause you took your, you lost your defensive coordinator. I mean, we still have the defensive line coach. We still have the, the cornerbacks coach. I mean, so I think that you're going to see another defensive coordinator take a little bit more risk than Gannon did. At least I hope so. I mean, I, I was, yeah, oh my Lord. I'm so, I, if the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl, and they could go back there again next year. It's going to be a harder ride than this year. Oh, absolutely. Because you're two teams they beat in the playoffs a giant team that wasn't strong let's be honest about it and the 49 a team that didn't have a quarterback yeah but they still had a defense you know and their defense their defense really could have stood up to to make something happen they just didn't you know so and ultimately they won 14 games to get there in that number one spot 
So you could say that we weren't challenged at all, but you know, we challenged ourselves and we got there to the Super Bowl. And yeah. you can't say like literally had there been any mistake, one mistake by Kansas City, that game that game has a different outcome. You know, we made three mistakes, three mistakes, and still were within, you know, you know, had we had more time, you never know what could I put put 15 seconds on the clock. You know, we've seen now Kansas City was able to get down the field in 13 seconds to kick a field goal two years ago. You know what I mean? They had that much time. We we only had six seconds. So think about that in a different yeah, way. I mean, if we had I mean, 15 look, seconds, we could have maybe tied that game. So there's there's lots I, to be said. I agree, I agree. I think Kansas City is going to have a lot tougher time getting to the Super Bowl than the Eagles are next year. I think – you know, with all the good teams there, they may not even make it to the championship. It's going to be very interesting in the AFC next year. Well, guys, think- it's so hard to project one year ahead who's going to get there. I well, like to do that always at the end of the season. And at the end of last year, I projected the Buffalo Bills as Super Bowl champions. I thought the pieces are finally going to be in place. Their time has arrived. They got an elite quarterback, you know. Elite receivers, they've improved their offensive line and all that. And for a good part of the season, it looked that way. Like they very well could, you know, win the Super Bowl. And then it just, they just flatten out basically at the end. And now, what do you think of this Buffalo Bill team? Do you one think, year do late? You I'm think, not going to project them as a highly. Do you think, Dwayne, welcoming a little bit of a, you know, yeah, like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking? You know, a distraction to them? The DeMar Hamlin thing? Uh, no, no, I don't think. I think they got over it quick enough. They won their first game back. They beat New England. They knew DeMar Hamlin would be well. And I think everyone basically moved on at that point. Once they knew DeMar Hamlin would be well, Everyone concentrated on football. I think the biggest distraction had to be the Cincinnati Bengal team who felt they were getting a raw deal with the scheduling where they had to play. But they overcame that and, you know, in, in one position to win the well, Super Bowl. Had the Bengals have, lost earlier, yeah, you could say that as far as Cincinnati went. I, I, think, I, think, Pags has a, I think Pags has a point. You know, he's up there. He's in the, he's in the stadium. He's, you know, I mean, it's it's – it's it's not they're not just concentrating on football. There's other things going around, but I don't think that's the major reason uh, Buffalo lost. But I think that has something to do with it. So let's talk yeah, a little I, bit about I, Alan. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, just because the way I think about this a little bit, change the playoffs around a little bit. Giants lose to the Vikings, the Cowboys win, and Dallas winds up playing the Eagles in that divisional round rather than the the conference championship. I was glad that that didn't happen. And I feel that the reason why I was glad that didn't happen like that was thought that that we would be so up for the Cowboys that the conference championship was going to almost be a little bit of a letdown week, you know, and I kind of feel that that may have happened a little bit with the Bengals. The Bengals were not very Bengal-esque when they played against the Chiefs in Kansas city, you know, they had gone in there and they had taken the game to Kansas city, but they had a little bit of letdown. I think in comparison to Buffalo that they went into Buffalo and they gave, 
every bit of they every bit of what they had. And not that Kansas City, Kansas City all year long pulled out games at the very end. They were winning games by three points and such. It just so happens that was the that was the signature of their season. Win games by three points and just be able to pull it out at the very end. Uh, and that's exactly what happened in the Super Bowl, too. But I feel that there might have been a little bit of a letdown on Cincinnati's side going to Kansas City. I'd Same thing that I thought that the Eagles could have had. The Eagles could have had a major letdown because you were so high for the Cowboys in a divisional round that when you got to the conference championship and you're not playing the Cowboys, you're going up against the 49ers, you could have had a serious letdown, and that would have possibly been the difference in the game. I mean, facts, again, facts. it's hard to say, but. Well, was well a, guys, was, guys, let's get to Alvin. Let's let's get to Alvin Kamara. Go ahead. Oh, okay. yeah. Are we on Alvin Kamara? Because I was going to mention something that happened in Philadelphia with the fans in the NFC Championship right. game we never talked about. Joey Boza of the Chargers is going there to support his brother, Nick Boza of the 49ers. As he's going in the entrance to want to go in, he has on a 49er jacket on, even though he's a player for the Chargers, but his family, it's okay for that day. He could affiliate himself <laughs> with the 49ers. And the fans are taunting Joey Boza that he got a fine of this or that. Joey Boza tries to keep a good sense of humor, but he turns around. You could tell he's mad and he wants to confront the fan, but his lady friend is pushing him forward. Come on, keep walking. And then Joey Bosa says, at least I could afford to pay the fine. You know, but the way the fan, why were the Philly fans going after the brother of Nick Bosa? I don't get this. Uh, I think I think that, it, you know, again, you had one guy. Like, first off, uh, I wouldn't have even recognized Joey Bosa if he was in front of me, you know, at that game. He, I, I may have even taken a picture with him. I wouldn't even have known. So that being said, it's like it's, you know, that's it. it inconsequential to me i think that you know philadelphia fans are always going to poke the bear and he kind of responded really strangely like like first off if you want to engage but he like immediately like if you watch that whole exchange he immediately he's like hey joey i enjoy the game you got you know whatever you suck and whatever and you know how about that fine and then ultimately he comes back and he's like you know he he brought it to the got to not, I mean, fans are always going to taunt, you know, and it's not just Philadelphia fans. Every fan taunts, you know, like every fan base will taunt. I mean, I, most of the people that I've dealt with with Kansas city were really nice. That doesn't mean that I didn't get taunted on the way out of the stadium too. You know what I mean? So there's lots of, there's always going to be that one fan. I just happened not to hear. I don't listen to that. He couldn't turn it off. It wasn't like he was on the field. He wasn't prepared for that. And he started to – he elevated that situation to where it wound up. Yeah, so, so – let's, 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 Guys, let's get to Alvin Kamara. Finally, he's been indicted uh, for assault and, and another charge I'm not sure of. He's going to claim self-defense. The guy has a $10 million lawsuit against him. I seen. I think I've seen the video of this. And, and not only was Kamara was involved, but a bunch of his – his friends were there. There's some of his friends there. It was over an elevator where the guy uh, wanted to get an elevator. They said he couldn't. I don't know who pushed who first, but I know Alvin Kamara did push him back. And then the guys kind of beat on him a little bit. 
So I don't know what's going to happen as far as the other guys. I know Kamara is the star here. Jack, we've talked about it before. What do you think should happen to Alvin Kamara if it comes out? I mean, he's already been indicted. So he is going to he's going to he's going to go to trial for this. What do you do if you're the the uh, New Orleans Saints? Well, the hotels have video evidence there. They absolutely should. So they have some evidence what went on. And if the guy beaten up didn't start any type of physical altercation and they beat on him, Alvin Kamara and a few of his friends, that's a very serious matter. And Alvin Kamara should be treated just like any other citizen would in society for assault. Listen, I got on an elevator once with in the winter with my jet jacket on. And I, in Connecticut, I started getting taunted unmercifully by a few guys. And I'm stuck in the elevator. And I'm not the bravest guy in the world, but I took a step towards the guy. And I didn't say it angrily. I said, okay, you're telling me about this, the National Jets. Who are you a fan of? And they were like a little shook up because I didn't act like I was rattled. So they kind of like backed off or whatever. But what happens if the guys decided because I had the jet jacket on, they were going to start hitting on me or whatever? They should go to jail on that. Alva Kamara is a celebrity, okay? But if he committed a crime and assaulted someone else, some type of action has to be taken. But you never know. Reserve judgment. Look what happened with Michael Irvin. We're not certain yet. He's suing the Marriott. The judge has been siding with him all the way. The judge wants to see the video. The judge wants the woman's name accusing him. He wants to know what the Marriott's basing this on to remove Michael Irvin. The Marriott might be in trouble when all is said and done. Michael Irvin might actually be correct. He may have just talked to the woman, shook a hand, maybe made a joke, and maybe the woman was super sensitive towards a plain joke. I mean, things happen. I was in the supermarket once, and the aisle was stuck. And I said, oh, we got bumper-to-bumper traffic here. Just a little joke. And one woman started going off. And like I'm like shook up, like, what? Let me get out of here. Imagine she called the police then, and they stopped me. And I'm questioned, and I'm this and that. You never know. It's crazy society, okay? But with Alvin Kamara, what's taking so long, Mac? This happened last year. That's what I don't understand. Why is this taking so long? He played the whole season. And if a broadcaster makes one remark that he regrets and apologizes for, he could get canceled for good. I just I, do you want to really know what happened or do you want do you want to just hear the reason that, that things take a long time? I'd be uh-huh. willing to bet that the Saints, I'd be willing to bet that the Saints donated some money to that to that department and to that township, and it, it was able to be pushed off until February. That's just my opinion. I don't well, know for certain, but that's that would be the perfect scenario. Oh, oh, yeah, all right, we have a lot of other things we're going to take care of here. The moment that the Super Bowl is over, the moment that this season is officially done, we're going to indict him. And that's what happened. And that tells me that somebody got a nice donation and they they dismissed it for the time being. Just my opinion. That's that's possible, but it's also possible that you know court systems are all backed up. It takes a long time to get you know to get a trial up and, and above. And let's face it, you know he's a superstar, so he's going to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of play where an average citizen wouldn't. 
he may be able to, his lawyers might be good putting things off. Yeah, they, were going to, they were going to indict her <clears throat> and, and something occurred for them not to. So I'm thinking that it probably has more to do with that, you know, like I said, a, a nice donation was made to their to their region or to their police department or to whatever to have this just postponed for a little while. I and from what that I understand fact, that would be criminal on the Saints part practically. If news came out, they made a donation. Not true. Not true. I mean it's innocent you because the other the other side has to be able one to accept it to to be able to do what they're asking so well, it's like i, I gotta imagine let me do a comparison there's a big fight that boxing match that might potentially take place april 15th with tank davis tank davis against ryan garcia tank davis of baltimore he just pleaded guilty to some charges the and the, the date of the fight potentially is april 15th and the judge is giving sentencing on May 5th. And now, you know, the promotion is saying, oh, sentencing will take place later. It won't affect the fight, blah, blah, blah. So sometimes you do wonder whether a judge takes that into consideration when sentencing is going to happen. You, you kind of wonder. Mm, definitely, definitely. So let's talk about a, a rule change that a couple experts think should happen. And that's concerning. Con, uh, concerning the quarterback sneak. Now, at one time, you could not they, – they made the rule. You can't push the quarterback from behind because, of course, of injury, right? The quarterback is being thrust into the defense, and he's being bent back, or maybe he can get a concussion. I don't know why they ever made it legal again. Um, what are your thoughts on this, guys? Let's start with you, Pags. I mean, you know, you guys were successful as, as all outdoors with the quarterback sneak this year. 92%. Do you think that, you think that this should be illegal? No. And I tell you what, I think that I think the reason why other teams don't do it right now is because they don't have the line or the ability to do it. I feel honestly that this is something that they may try to get it undone, but they're not going to. I think, yeah. and the reason being is that they are for the offense. That this may not be physically appealing, but I'll tell you what, you know, if another team tried it against our defensive line. They're not going to make it. So this actually benefits the offense in a lot of ways. However, you know, like you've got to have a strong offensive and defensive line to be able to do this, you know, so, and they're not really pushing on him. They're not allowed to actually push him. They're just able to run in behind him. You know what I mean? So it's not like a full push because that's what the offensive guys do. When you get the scrum, and the, the guy's still standing up. What do you think the offensive guys do? They go in and they start pushing things. You, if you're going to stop that, that means you'd have to blow the whistle the moment that the guy is standing up and, and there is no scrum anymore, which means you can't push forward to get that extra two or three yards. There would be, have to be so many changes in the rules in general that they'd have to blow the whistle early on certain plays now because of that type of situation. And that then it would also affect the... Uh, sneak. I don't think that they change it. And I again, the reason why is because they want offense. They don't want defense. They want the offense to stay on the field. So, Jack, my, Jack, what are you? They absolutely should outlaw it. It's unsafe. What are we going to have? Look, make me an offensive coordinator, guys. I have a trick play I've never seen before up my sleeve that technically would be legal. 
You put your running back about seven yards behind on, on a goal line thing. He sprints. And I have someone hand the ball off to him and another player lift him in the air and throw him in the air high up. You know, a light running back over the top. It's it's ridiculous. It's unsafe. You go behind your quarterback or running back and you're shoving him full force. And he's getting sandwiched. The defenders are trying to stop him while you're trying to push him full force. It's like you're pushing him into a door that's as as So we did it. We did it. I, I think it was 26 times. We're successful 25 times. And, uh, and ultimately, nobody got hurt. Not one injury no, on any safe. one of those plays. I'm going to go a step further, but what I think should be stopped before that, that's really dangerous, a rule, the hurdling. I don't think a player should be allowed to hurdle up in the air because if they get upended, they go flying in the air, they could land in their helmet, they can get seriously hurt. So that scares me, the hurdling. And you're also hurdling, you know, into the defender. It's a completely unsafe play listen you guys could laugh about it but look at all the safety measures the nfl has what right, they jack. don't allow to take place jack this the jack is our safety monitor on the show in case you folks don't know he's always been listen you can't stop him from hurdling i can stop him. you're gonna call a guy from hurdling from trying to jump over a guy trying to get another yard i mean i don't i don't think that's i don't think that can be done i do agree with you with the quarterback sneak and this is why packs you they have outlawed hitting the quarterback almost totally. You're not supposed to hit the quarterback. They're, they're they're worried about concussions. They're worried about all these things that can affect the quarter. I mean, I'm not going to – I'm not trying to be like Jack, but who's to say that the quarterback is running, he stops, the guy comes in his back and paralyzes the guy. Anything could happen out there. And I think that that, that is probably uh, a thing that they should look at changing. Whether they, they continue or not, I don't know. I think they're going to try it. So, it so all right, out. but then now now let's take it out of the of the scope because we're talking about the same exact thing when a running back has got stood up at the line and now you have all the offensive linemen start pushing him and then, the, and right. then you wind up having like a rugby scrum happen. Right. Now, does that mean you have to outlaw that too, right? Because that, it's the same so. exact situation now. Because now, now you're have- stopping the play early. Where it could have, you know, they could have moved another two yards forward, but because you can't have that situation occur, you got to blow the play dead. That's because it falls into the same exact category, you know. It's so, and that's Hmm. that's the problem with this is like I don't think that they are going to change this rule. I think that they they may uh, say my situation. My thought is is that. Uh, they are going to change the victory formation so that you have to be at least, you know, the only person that could be anywhere near the center or in the guard box, we'll say, is the quarterback. That your guys would have to come back out from further back. They have to stay uh, outside that guard box. You know what I'm saying? Uh, where instead of being right there, where they can get right up and, because ultimately, you saw them try to try to stop it. We did that play three or four times at the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? They couldn't stop it at all. We were getting two yards, and that was because our offensive line was better than their defensive line. You know, and then then you hear Sean, you know, you know uh, Sean Payton say, "Well, I'll run it every play." I uh, no, you won't 
because you ain't got that type of offensive or defensive line. And first off, you got Russell Wilson over there, who's 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 like a twig. So obviously, you're not going to run it every time because you're not that good enough to run it every time. So go ahead and say whatever you want. Bap 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 bap. It's just bapping because you ain't got it like that. You know, although could you put it like that? Could you start drafting players? Could you make that happen in the next three years? Yeah, but you still won't do it like that because you you're not going to win anything that that way. You're only gaining one or two yards at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, guys, let's 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 change to the NBA for a minute here. We got the Hall of Fame finalists have have uh, have, you know, have been shown to us. You've got Gene Bass. All-time winningest coach, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's WNBA. I'm not too sure or college. Uh, Paul yeah, Gasol, no, six-time yeah. All-Star. Paul Paul Gasol, two-time NBA champion, six-time All-Star, uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, let's get the rest of these here. You got um, David David Hickson, uh, 826 games, one two-time. This is D3 national champion, two-time. Uh, Division three coach of the year, uh, Gene Kennedy, seven time Big uh, Ten coach of the year, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, 14 time All Star, 2006 2007 MVP, 2011 NBA champ, Tony Parker, six time All Star, four time NBA champion, 2007 finals uh, MVP, Greg Popovich, of course, is in this winning us all time head coach NBA history. Three-time NBA champion. Um, you got Dwayne Wade, 13-time All-Star, three-time NBA champ, 2006 Finals MVP. Um, of course, there's not, these guys aren't all going to get in there. I want you guys to tell me which of those, I know I read them pretty fast, but which of those do you think are guaranteed to get into the Hall of Fame this year? Oh, well, that, that's easy. Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade without any thought. I don't have and Greg to Pop look. And Greg Pop. Without, and that, just yeah, from Pop all those names best. that you mentioned, those three. Well, <laughs> that's I know. It. I'm a little surprised because Pags hates Popovich. She always yeah, but you can't argue, you can't argue with what he was able to do. So I mean, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of him now. I think that he's 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 too old for the game anymore. We're gonna have. I'd have to study and give a lot of thought to, because keep this in mind. He they did win the two championship with the Lakers when he was the second in command to Kobe Bryant. In other words, Kobe Bryant didn't have another great player with him. The two years Kobe Bryant won three NBA titles with Shaq. After Shaq left, Kobe Bryant won two more, and Paul Gasol was his best player. Now, that might say something to give Paul Gasol a little more credit than maybe people have, because he was the equivalent of Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan to Kobe. Okay, so I'm not, I don't think of Paul Gasol as a Hall of Famer, but I'm willing to sit down and hear the argument on his behalf, and maybe I could be swayed. Tony Park is another one. I actually think Tony Parker over Gasol, to be honest. Right. Tony Parker, I'll have to sit down and give a lot of thought. He obviously was an important part of those sport teams that won championships. But is he a true Hall of Famer? I mean, we're talking about the Hall of Fame here. Some kind of, I'm going to have, I'd have to study Tony Parker out a little 
more. I, I, I'm, we'll get back to the Hall of Fame thing. I want to congratulate Pags on an NBA thing with the Philadelphia 76ers. There's a new cult hero in Philadelphia, Mac, that slipped under the radar. Mac McClung won the dunk contest. Yeah. A white guy. A white guy electrifying. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. and the people were going crazy. Matt McClung has played two games in his NBA career. The Sixers signed him to something like maybe a 10-day contract. But how can they cut him now? The people in Philly, you know, he has to be a, a sudden fan favorite in Philadelphia. Because when you win the dunk contest, they're not going to cut you a week later when they just hire you. You know, they don't want to keep you on because it's good PR, it's good box office. And if he's good enough to win the dunk contest, maybe he can play. I mean, who knows? I mean, Obi Toppin won it for the Knicks in the past, and he's basically a reserve. But uh, what did the, I mean, why were they even sending Matt McClung for the dunk contest? Who the heck was he to represent the Sixers? But the guy, from what I saw the clips, he may have turned in the most sensational dunking exhibition of all time in the contest. And, and once again, it's funny. Everyone was laughing. A white guy, you know, to do his. Well, well first of all, know. first of all, you can't compare his dunks to Jordan's and Dr. J's and all those. No, things. they were but, better from what uh, I heard. Uh, you heard. I watched it. I, I mean, watched I, it. I don't know. Did you see it? Yes, I, I, I didn't see it, so I don't even. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to it's imagine serious. this guy's got a two-way contract. I've never even heard of him before. So when you tell me this, I'm like, oh, okay, great. And you know, uh, the fact that <laughs> you know, the fact that somebody was, you know, but I got to imagine that he's probably plays for the Blue Coats. You know what I mean? Or he was he was signed specifically to be able to do this dunk contest. You know, for the ten day, you know, on a ten day contract. Yeah. You know, it's like I I. And that doesn't surprise me. You get you get you want to get these unique dunk artists. You know, you wanted to do something to be able to liven it up some. So I got to imagine that the NBA allowed some of this to uh, occur. You know, it, I I okay. I'm glad that he was a Sixer. Woohoo! We won the dunk contest. Yay! Yeah. So let's 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 go over these Hall of Fame. Uh, who we think guaranteed? So. Guaranteed, Greg Pop, right? He's in. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Pop right? goes in first year. Wade goes in first year. Nowitzki goes in first year. No question. Yes, and no, I think no question about it. Those I say Dwayne Wade too, and my thought as the the fourth and maybe outside would be Tony uh, Parker. I mean, I, he was he was a uh, very get in at some point. If not the first year, Tony Parker will ultimately get in. If not, this so let year. me ask this question: Is Dominique Wilkins in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. But at one point, at one point, uh, Dominique Wilkins was considered one of the top three players in the NBA at a certain point in time. Oh, Tony no, Parker absolutely. was never considered quite one of the best players in the NBA. Well, and, and only because I, I'm not I'm not 100% on who's in the, in the Hall of Fame in the NBA or not. But if Dominique Wilkins wasn't, then Parker can't be in. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah, how I looked at that as. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, you know, when I think, of, I think of Sidney Moncrief, I think of, like, these guys that didn't necessarily win titles but were of the same same as Tony Parker. You know what I mean? That Great they. Pats, if Tony Parker 
wasn't with the Spurs. He was just on another team, didn't win all those titles. Would he be a Hall of Famer? Now, that's the question, okay? Right, Dirk that's Nowitzki what I'm getting didn't at. didn't need an NBA title. He got one, Dirk Nowitzki. But if he had no NBA championships, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, yeah, But, you know, Tony Parker's success in linking him to the Hall is really related to how much he won in a large degree. Right. You know, and that's why that's why I mentioned those two names. Like I, I think of I think of again, you know, the Sidney Moncrief. I think of, you know, you know the the guy from the Hawks. Uh the names jumped out of my head. Anyways, it does it doesn't matter. Like as long as those guys are in there, yeah, yeah Dominique Wilkins. Uh as long as those guys are in there, then then it makes sense for, for him to be there. Well but, you got a Chris Bosch who's in there in the Hall of Fame. So Chris Bosch is in, Tony Parker's, you know, the caliper's close, I think. Got you. You know, you know what I'm you know what I'm un, uh, unhappy about and I'm actually going to you know throw a different flyer out there for this one. I was unhappy that Scott Rowland made the the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know we didn't get a chance to talk about that. It's not sour grapes. It's not sour grapes. Mac, let me tell Mac. Let me tell you, Mac, why he's complaining. Because Scott Rowland played more games for the Phillies, longer for the Phillies than he did with the Cardinals. And Scott Rowland told the Hall of Fame, I want to go in as a St. Louis Cardinal. I don't care. I know he didn't want to play in Philadelphia. I didn't want him here. So I don't care about that. I really don't care about that. And because the Phillies are still going to honor him as being in the Hall of Fame. Truth of the matter is, is that he wasn't, he wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. I, I really feel like that they had to choose somebody to make it. That's why he's the only one that made it. But it's at that he is the full rendition of the Hall of pretty good. Somewhat it, it, good. That's, that's happened a lot, Bags. That happens you a know, lot. I, I, yeah, I, with I, all of with yeah, all of the yeah. different players that could have been better in this. Like I really feel like that they are they are really struggling because of the whole steroids thing. Now, now they're running into this issue where now these players aren't anywhere near as good. Uh, but okay, we're still not going to allow, you know, Bonds in there. We're still not going to allow Clemens in there. We're still not going to allow all of these players into the Hall of Fame, the ones that carried baseball for a good amount of time. But now we're going to put in Scott Rowland. That's yeah. the problem I have with this. I, I don't. I, hey, Scott Rowland was a really good player, and uh, the fact that he didn't want to play in Philadelphia is not really no skin off of me. I really, it really isn't. But I, I feel that that's the problem we're having right now with baseball and this Hall of Fame. That you got to be it. You got to take it away from the writers. That you can no longer, you can no longer do that. You have to, you have to start to figure out a better way to start having these guys get invited into the Hall of Fame. Uh, the writers, the writers are very favoritism, and I can't stand it. It's that way in all sports. But if you look at the baseball players who are playing today. I mean, how many uh, Shaw Hall of Famers who you feel comfortable getting in? Uh, Max Schertz is a Hall of Fame, I'd say. Mike Shaw Hall of Famer. Manny Machado, Hall of Famer. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout, absolutely. DeGrom? Uh, No, if DeGrom doesn't pitch well for Texas, I don't know, does he get there? I don't think so. He's a compelling person. Who's who's the other one? One that's got paid all that Excuse money this me? year. The guy that they got from uh, from Houston. I 
the pitcher from Houston. I didn't who started the first game. Uh, who uh, he's another one. The, the other the other guy, the other pitcher the Met got this year. That oh yeah, he's Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer. Right. Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean Bryce Harper's a Hall of Famer. These guys are going to get in, and I'll feel comfortable with these names as Hall of Famers because I could match them up against all-time great players. Maybe put them behind them. But at least they're in the close. league of the all time. Very close. Yeah, players. they're close. Yeah. But they're if you talk close. about Scott Rowland, I can't put him in the league of all time great. I can't That's put him in I'm the league. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, is he anywhere near Mike Schmidt? Manny Machado, I could compare to Mike Schmidt. I could say Mike Schmidt's better. I'm not going to argue that. Let's say Mike Schmidt's ahead of Manny Machado. Well, and, 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 and that's only because Manny close. Machado has not played his full career yet. I right, mean, right, right. I, he I has the potential say, to do it, but I could say Manny Machado is nearly as good as Mike Schmidt without blinking. But I can't say Scott Rowland is anywhere near as good. You know, I'm, right? No. So the NBA, of course, they had the All Star Game and uh, at least the dunk contest and all that stuff. They're off for a week. Um, I give you the I give you the standings real quick. Uh, in the East, you've got Boston in first, Milwaukee. Philly, Cleveland, the Nets, the Knicks, Miami, Atlanta, and Washington. That's the East. Um, in the West, you got Denver, Memphis, the Kings, the Clippers, Phoenix, Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, OKC. So that's that's your top ten in each division. And I want to get That's a pick from I agree. Well, yes, they should be. Sorry, I was just so answering answer, answer answer Rick's question. Yes. Let me tell you, I'm not, I'm not, Pax, I'm not like Mac. I don't wait till late in the season. And when a team is close to the final, say, that's the team I picked to go all the way. Unlike Mac, I own up to my bad predictions. And my prediction this year, the beginning of the NBA season, you're going to laugh, and Mac is going to rip me about it and tell me it shows how little I know, and Mac will probably be right. I picked the Minnesota Timberwolves to win the NBA championship over the Cleveland Cavaliers in the finals. Now, the Timberwolves would be in the play-in. They're eighth seed right now, but keep this in mind. They're only a game and a half behind the fifth seed Phoenix Suns. I mean, or the fourth seed LA Clippers. They're right behind. You know, uh, and but the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, no one is talking about them being a threat. They're the fourth seed right now. And I think that's the type of team that could peak. They're 38 and 23. Everyone's talking about Boston, Milwaukee, Boston, Milwaukee. Cleveland's going to be tough to beat in the finals. Mm. I, what do you got? Okay, in the so playoffs. You got, okay, Jack, so you got Cleveland and Minnesota, right? That's their two teams. I'm sticking, uh, listen. If I could have a do-over with Minnesota, I would probably go on the do-over. I'm going to stick with them. That was my pick. I'm sticking with them. But believe me, I'm not happy with the way the year's gone with the Timberwolves. They moved on from D'Angelo Russell. But they got Mike Conley, a good point guard from Utah. Carl Anthony Towns has been out a good part of the season. He would be a difference maker if he was there, okay? But I'm not kind of happy with that prediction and all I'm seeing Phoenix getting Kevin Durant 
if I knew they were getting him in the beginning of the season, might may I have possibly picked them? Of course. You know, deals are made. But I like this Cleveland Cavalier team. Uh, I know Pax picked the Sixers to win it all. So, Pax, who's, who's your top Did I pick picks? the Sixers to win it all? I'm only joking with you, Pax. Who's your, pick, uh, who's your picks, Pax? Who's your picks? Yeah. East and West. You know, I, I think it's, you know, uh, I'll go with the top four teams because I, I don't really know. I still think that it's it's Milwaukee and Boston. You know, the Sixers really have to do something tremendous to be able to get above Milwaukee. And I still think they would lose to Boston. Uh, I think that's on the other side. Uh, I like Memphis. Memphis is still the team that I think is to beat. And now that comes down. Now it's a matter of is Durant going to be enough to be able to get over Denver? That's I, I thought Denver was the team. I like Memphis just because I think John Morant is the X factor there. Uh, but I I now I was I was like a Denver guy thinking that Denver was going to be able to get over that hump. Uh, but now I think Phoenix is going to be the team to beat. So I got I have Phoenix and Memphis and Milwaukee and Boston. I think that the Sixers are going to be in limbo again and lose in the second round. They just can't get over that hump. Well, all, Let me those, four, all those four teams, you got to give me two, Pat. You got to give me two. Just pick who you think the best two would be. See, that's the hard part because is Morant going to be able to be better than what what uh, what he brings? <laughs> well, what space brings to Phoenix? I'm going to go as far as to say that, you know, that he doesn't, that Phoenix would be the one and that it's Boston and that Boston would win it. Boston. All right. That's, that's one of mine. Right. So un, un, unlike Jack, who, who goes in the beginning of the season before anything, you know, before any information comes out, before the free agencies, before the draft, I mean, everything, Jack just throws any two teams out there and, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland was a good pick. I, I, I like the Cleveland pick. I got Boston. I picked them in the beginning of the year. Boston's got the best defense in the league, um, and uh, they got enough power, firepower, and I think they win it all. I got to go with Phoenix with Durant, not just because of Durant. They probably got uh, the best overall team uh, together on the court. Um, you know, all five starters, I think, could be playing either starting or coming off the bench on any of the teams. So I'm going with Boston and Phoenix. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Boston winning it, maybe in seven games. Yeah, you know, a good question, guys. With Phoenix getting Kevin Durant, they combine him with Devin Booker. What team in the NBA, I'm not sure, we'd have to give it a lot of thought, has the best one-two punch in the NBA? I mean, like, for example, the Sixers would be Embiid and Harden, but that's not the best one-two punch because it's not the same James Harden or the Houston Rockets. If it was... They'd be in the discussion. Is it Brown and Tatum with the Celtics? I mean, what team is it? LeBron and Anthony Davis with the Lakers? Okay, that's a good. Question. Actually, I think I you know see that's where I go with Aquaman and John Morant. And I don't know what Aquaman's real name is. He just looks like Aquaman. You know what I mean? It's just he's, <laughs> okay. you, know, so you know who I'm talking about, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's he's yeah. the center uh, over there, and and I think that he's you know, and I think that he's just a, a great second guy to John Morant. I think that that those two guys specifically make Memphis the team that they are. Uh, you know, they have to have other players as well. 
you know, but I don't think Giannis has got anybody like you think of Drew Holiday uh, with Giannis. Yeah, you know, Giannis. One stop guy. I think I think I think I think it would be Shaq and Kobe. That would be my one-two punch. Well, no, what we're talking about today. I'm talking I, about, yeah. I, I I would have to take the Boston. It's I would hard. Tatum and Brown, maybe. I mean, that they're one of the best, right? I mean, when I like how you talked about Cleveland's being like a dark horse. The other dark horse that that you you don't hear right now, and I don't know what's going on over there in Miami, but the Heat is another team that could just come out of nowhere and yeah. stick up on somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I haven't heard enough about them, and I don't know why I haven't heard enough about them. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to basketball, but normally I would see something about the Heat, and they're not in existence right now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if anybody's hurt on that team or what's happening, or they're just not playing very well. But I wouldn't be surprised as a dark horse. You know, you like know, if – if they came right. in at the sixth seed against the Sixers, I wouldn't be surprised the Sixers losing in the first round as the number three seed. I could see a player like Jimmy Butler on the Heat thinking, we'll be ready for the playoffs, the regular season. It's not that important. Kind of knowing when to peak. Listen, maybe that's the thought with the LA Clippers, with KY Leonard and Paul George. You know, let's just play good enough the regular season. It's not that important, the seeding, you know, to play hard the whole year. And come playoff time, we'll put it all together. That might be the thought. Well, they're you know, sitting in fourth. one-two punch, guys, but it doesn't translate to winning yet. Luca and Kyrie Irving, when you talk about one-two punches. Well, the Clippers are sitting in fourth place right now, so they're they're in the mix, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Luca, Luca, and Kyrie. Do you think that maybe, um, maybe there's not a you know you got two great scorers there, and and you know you don't have two basketballs. Do you think that's going to affect them? I mean, are they going? Should they both be on the floor at the same time? Should they be on different times? I mean, how would you manage that? It won't work out, guys. With those two, I mean, it, it, I. They'll both have big games statistically, night after night after night. It won't translate into winning. Dallas isn't going to be much better than they were before, if at all. Uh, but, Pax, you could answer that question. But I also, Mac, I and this could affect the 76ers maybe in a positive way. We talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They bought out Kevin Love, you know, from his contract because Kevin right. Love wasn't playing as much as he could. Kevin Love is still effective. He could still play. Maybe he's not the star player he was back in the day with the Vikings and, and even the, or his early years with the Cavaliers. But the, the talk is he might go to the Sixers. There's a reasonable chance. And he would help the Philadelphia Sixers, I think, an awful lot. Yeah, I tell you, that would be a much better seventh guy. Than what we have, I mean, that's that's the problem I have with the Sixers is that when they take their guys off the court, they are negative, negative, negative. They're giving up points all the time, and they just can't compete. You got to have you got to have a seventh and eighth guy. If you're going to shorten your bench to eight players in the playoffs, you need to make sure your seventh and eighth guy are able to do it. And we don't have it right now. That's the problem. That's what I that's what I see. That's why I can't see us getting past the second round, because when I look at Milwaukee and I look at Boston, they go deep to nine ten. 
you know, so we need at least seven, eight, and we don't have that. We have six. Yeah. There you go, folks. Well, folks, thanks for joining us for our first This Week in Sports with Mac, Jack, and Jim. Had Robert on, of course, the Philly sports guy on. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for the comments, the likes, the loves, everything. And uh, we'll see you Thursday, uh, Monday. We have on, um, we have Jack and, and Frank and Glove Fist coming on at 7 p.m., followed by uh, Start Spreading the News. And you can pick up the Philly guy. Just open open your computer and just turn on social media. And he's everywhere. So, folks, have a great day. And we'll see you uh, tomorrow on Jay, um, uh, Club Fist with Jack and Frank. Tune them in. Have a great one.